0: Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. A minute ago when Cody asked, if, hey, turn to somebody and give somebody a high five. I did one of these, you know, <laughs> like there was nobody next to me. <laughs> I was like, ah, thankfully, Miss. Crystal here came up to me and gave me a high five. Have you ever been in that in an awkward position where you kind of like, yo, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> all right, hey, turn to your neighbor and tell him I prayed all week that I sit right next to you. <laughs> now the other neighbor tell him really? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm already starting. I'm already starting, you guys. Well, my name is Pastor Alberto. I'm the children's pastor here at Tree of Life Church, and I, it's an honor to be here. Yes. It's, a, it's an honor to be the children's pastor here. It's an honor to work with the staff that I work with here, and um, it's an honor to actually be with your children every week and uh, to partner with you guys. So thank you for letting us do that. Um, many years to come uh, to, uh, while doing that. Amen. All right. So listen, I've got a good word for you. This is for all those that have been Christians forever. This is also for you that have just walked in the door for the very first time. Don't know anything about Jesus Christ, our Lord and savior. This is for all of you. I believe this is a word from heaven. And I think it's going to change people's lives because it's from God. It's not for me. God has a word for you guys, specific word for you guys. You came here for a reason. On a Wednesday night and I always say this, but you guys are the weird crowd who comes to church on a Wednesday night. Come on. Don't shout me down. Just kidding, but you are weird. You've got to be weird, right? They're not like the world. We're different. Praise the Lord. We're different. Yes. All right. So listen, if you have your Bible, I want you to get ready. We've prepared everything for you on the screen. I'm gonna be reading out of the Message Bible. I love the Message Bible. I have a few different translations that I read out of. I love the Message, I love the NLT, I love the NIV, I love the NASB, but I've got the Message out there, up there for you. So it's easy. And if you need to take notes, please take notes. I'm gonna push notes again, like we have been every Wednesday. Take notes, because God has something, like I said for you specifically, if you don't write it down, you'll forget. And you'll need it like at midnight. You're like, what was that? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Fall asleep. And then you needed it. So we're going to be reading out of the message. So get ready. We're going to turn to James. Now, if you don't have the message Bible, that's okay. Follow along with whatever version that you have. Honestly, whatever version that you read is the right version for you. Whatever version that you have is the most spiritual for you. The message is an amazing uh, Version of the Bible, and I'm going to read out of it. So listen, the book of James, powerful book, and it's important that you kind of know a little bit about what's going on here in James. In fact, if you've never read the Bible, I truly believe that the, word, that the Bible is the word of God. I believe that the Bible can change your life from Genesis to Revelation. I believe even that the maps at the back of the Bible will change your life. Have you ever seen? There are maps back there. So the book of James, interesting book, written to believers, written to Christians, going through some tough times, you know, not going through like, I just, I'm a believer in Christ, everything's going great. No, this was during a time that it was crazy. Let me tell you a little bit about James. First of all, James was the brother of Jesus. Okay. Now, have you ever heard of uh, sibling rivalry? No, there was none. I know about sibling rivalry now because I have two children and they love each other and then they are at each other's throats. Now, James, right? Can you imagine this? A kid coming home from school. Hey, mom, how you doing? And you got Mary, right? Oh, James, how was your day? Oh, you know, I had a great day. I got an A on my test. That's so awesome, James. And Jesus comes home. How you doing, honey? Jesus, how you been? I'm doing great, mom. I saved everybody today. Tough to be James. Tough to be James. So listen, the book of James. So interesting, so unique. Written during a time where Christians were being shoved out of their homes, right? Forced out of their homes. They were being burned at the stake, being burned to death, right? They were being thrown in the lion's den, persecution. Okay. So things, things weren't going well, things were tough. So James is writing to a bunch of people that were going through some stuff and James writes this letter. And so what I want to do is if you put that on the screen, let me read, starting in James chapter one, consider it a sheer gift friends when tests and challenges come at you. It says, consider it a sheer gift when test and challenge comes at you from all sides. Okay, let me stop right there. Now, it's one thing to say when things come at you, when things are coming against you at one side, but how many of you guys, how many of you guys like it when they come from this side, from that side, from up here, from in the back? No, nobody likes it, right? But here it's saying, consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. Let it do its work so you become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way, If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. Hey, when you don't know what you're doing, guys, seek him. Seek your daddy daddy in heaven. He knows all things. He's there for you. Communicate with him. Pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get his help. He loves to help, and you'll get it and won't be con, uh, condescended. You won't be, he won't look at you like, why are you coming to me with this? You know better than that. He wants us to come to him for wisdom, for help, through a certain situation that we might be going through, through a heat season that you might be experiencing right now. So he won't condescend when you ask for it. Anyone here, and it goes further down, here's, here, here's, here's where it gets awesome. It's already awesome, but it gets even more awesome. Anyone who meets a testing challenge head on and manages to stick it out is mighty fortunate. For such persons loyally in love with God, the reward is life and more life. Come on, somebody. Give me a shout, give me a shout, talk to me. Because that's exciting. James is encouraging regular believers, Christians, Christ followers. Now, this is just not for Christ followers. Stay with me. But if you're going through some drama and some challenges, who's going through it? Who's ever gone through drama? Who's ever gone through a challenge in your life? I mean, everybody's got their hand. I mean, we all have. If you're not going through it, you're in it or you'll be going through it, right? you either, you're about to, you're in it, or you're, you just come out of it. That's what I used to, you know, my, 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 uh, my old pastor used to tell me back, back home in California, that's what he used to, used to preach that to me. And I, and I, and, uh, I, I thought, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's pretty bad, right? <laughs> it's like, I'm a new, I'm just born again, and I'm like, so it's always gonna be bad? No, no. But if you're going through a challenge, you're going through drama in life, number one, You're not alone. And we just talked about life groups, right? Hook up with a life group. Hook up with someone else. Don't do life alone. God never planned it that way. He planned it for relationship. That's why he sent his son Jesus, so that he can get back together with you. Bring that relationship, mend that relationship back together with him. Now, number two, just like it says in his word, the best reward it's not necessarily living a life that's f- totally free from controversy. Stay with me, guys, or problems, but actually getting through it, getting through it. So Jesus goes on later to tell his disciples, take heart because I have overcome the world, which leads me to call this little message that I have for you tonight. You guys Ready? Write it down. I, see, I don't see a lot of people writing it down, so don't worry. I'm judging you on the inside. <laughs> Not on the, no. Here's the title, if you guys like titles. Yep. I was born for this. Woo! You were born for this. Everybody say, I was born for this. Born for this. Yes. One more time. I was born for this. Yes. You were born for this. You were born for this. Think about it. I used to, I, you know, I, 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 there was a time when I thought, maybe, maybe I was born for such a time as this. Maybe I was born for this. Maybe not all the, not all the stuff that goes, you know, all the crazy stuff that goes on in, in life sometimes. I could do without that. But I was born for this. And maybe not, like I said, all that stuff. But Jesus makes a way through all this stuff. He can make a way through anything. He can make a way through So there has to come a day where and for myself, I'm preaching to myself, I'm preaching out of who I am, of what I've experienced, of what I've gone through. I've had I had to change uh, my perspective that when I looked at my situation, whatever situation I was going through, however hard it was, however uh, difficult, however uncomfortable, however sad or whatever, that I had to tell myself I was born for this. I was born for this. There comes a day and I've had storms in my life just like anyone else has. I've had storms in my marriage where I wanted to quit. Years ago, things were bad, things were not good. Within myself, I was hurt. I I was hurting and I wanted to back away. I wanted to quit. I wanted to give up. I was going through a storm and I was a Christian already. I had given my life to Jesus. But my perspective had to change. I had to understand that I was born not to give up, but to fight for what's right, fight for what's right. Maybe it's a bad doctor's report. Anybody ever experienced a bad doctor's report? I've got a mother-in-law that got a bad doctor's report a year ago, but her perspective about it is amazing. She's in the rehab facility and she's dealing with cancer. And she's telling me, and I'm asking her, how are you doing? I just visited her in California. How are things going? Well, you know what? Not, not all great. You know, we're going through some challenges, but you know what? I got, there's this nurse here and she doesn't know Jesus. And I got to tell her about Jesus. In fact, not only did I tell her about her, she accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Here she is laid up in bed (laughs) with cancer, but you know what? She's believing for healing. Because she's believing all God's promises, God promises that we are healed and whole by his stripes. We are healed by his stripes. We are healed. So perspective, she was born for this. She was born to get through this. Sometimes you got to talk yourself into doing some stuff that you normally wouldn't do. Right. You need one of those friends like you have may have had in high school or college, or maybe you have one of those right now. You know that friend, that they could make you do anything? You know, I had one of those friends in high school, man, no matter what, he could egg me on, he could make me do anything. And let me, let me tell you about, let me tell you a little bit of experience that, that I had when I was in high school. Because I did everything in high school, I was just, just completely gullible and he just, you know, he, he made, <laughs> I was, I really was. So he had a cabin, his family had a cabin in Lake Tahoe, Nevada, okay? I'm a city kid, never seen snow in my life. He invited me to go skiing with him. He, they're a skiing family. They've been there tons of times. anybody ever been skiing? Anybody raise your hand if you've been skiing? Okay, there's a few. There's a few out there. Trust me, I'm. I, there was no snow where I'm where i where I grew up. Just buildings and like little grass like in front of the house, you know. Not a whole lot. So he invited me to go skiing. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't want to go skiing. I don't, I mean, maybe it's cool to see snow. I was kind of excited about that, but I really don't have any desire to go skiing. He's like, you know, no, it's going to be awesome. You want to go because you know what? We get to do whatever we want. we have a good time, blah, blah, blah. Okay, whatever can get me out of the house. Cause I was, you know, it was 15 years old. I was like, yeah, let's go. Let's go for a little trip with, with his family. So we get there and I'm like, okay, let's do the bunny slope. <laughs> I can do the bunny slope. If you've ever been, there's like a little bunny slope, but kind of a, the starter slope. And all the little three-year-olds, right, they're all spraying, spraying me with, because they know that I'm like, you know, they're like professionals, right? They're really good, right? And I'm like, I'm doing the whole thing where, like, you know, your feet are like this, and you're like, (laughs) on your skis. But then I got the hang of it, and finally I was like, you know what, all right. I can do this, right? I can do this. He's like, let's go up the hill, And I was like, well, you know, the hill, let's go up the hill. All right, there's like a few different hills, you know. There's like all kinds of different, um, I don't know what you call them, but like diamond, black diamond, all kinds of like heights and moguls and whatever. So I was like, all right, let's do this. So I get ready to go up the hill. You got to go up this lift, right? And it's like a bench with no, there's no no safety belt. (laughs) And this lift comes at you like 50 miles per hour. And it takes you up. It literally, and you're just like, and so here, here I am, I'm going up the hill. The air is getting thinner. I can't breathe up there. Right? And then have you ever seen the Grinch? And you look down and all you see is like little people and stuff like that. That's how it started to look. And so finally, I get off. And I get off and it's the straight ice. You get off and, you sh- and it's ice and you get up there and I'm like, okay. I'm a little nervous because I'm really high. <laughs> but he's like, it's okay. I got you. I've got your back. You know, I'm with you. We're, we're good. And I'm like, okay. You sure everything's going to be all right? Okay. And you know, you don't want to look scared because, you know, I'm not going to look scared. But he, he's, he encouraged me to do it. So he, he's encouraged me to do something that I wasn't ready to do. But before I knew it, I'm going down this hill, it starts off really slow, and then you pick up speed. And then you turn, there's a fork, all of a sudden now, I don't see anybody else, I'm like picking up speed, going down, where I don't know where I'm going, all of a sudden, I, I, I look pretty good probably to some people, like, man, look at him, he's skiing. I'm like going super fast, I'm like, shh, inside, I'm like this, you know. I literally, I take the turn, I see like a group of 10 people, I, I start to fall like this. I take all 10 of them out. <laughs> I, I was so embarrassed. And then I get up and I'm like, okay. They were all so nice and like they're like, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. It's your first time? <laughs> <laughs> my first time. So then I get to, this is, the, this is the last part of it. I get finally get to um, where I thought was the end. So you know it kind of, you, you knew it was bad because when you, when you look, you don't see anything. All you see is like the, and you see like a, there's nothing there. So I'm like, I get to the edge finally. And I look down I go, dear Jesus, there's like a million bumps on the hill. <laughs> they're all called moguls. There's what, they're when you're like, shh, you know, you're like this and your knees are, popping you in the face. <laughs> so I get, I go, okay, this can't be too bad, right? It'll, the, the bumps will slow me down. <laughs> right? So I, I hit one, I hit one bump, I, or I actually don't hit it, I go around it, because you can go, you go, you're supposed to go around them, you, but you kind of go over them a little bit. So I go around one, two, but then you start picking up speed. <laughs> All of a sudden, I do a, flips. I like hit the flips and I keep going, boom, doo doo all the way down. I swear, I I must have accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior like 19 times that day, right there on that hill. But I got down. I got down. I got down. Never again, though. That was like my last time. I I learned my lesson. I learned my lesson. And my friend is like, you all right? You all right? And of course, I'm like, no, no. It's all good. I'm good. No problem here. I was born for this. Right? Okay. But think about it. You were born for this. You were born for this. As a Christian, you got to talk yourself into some things. Now, you might find yourself on a ski slope that you didn't expect to be on in life. Right? You didn't plan on being there. We've all been there. And if you haven't been there, just get ready because it's a fun ride. It's a fun ride. But then everything in you wants to just say, no, I'm backing up. I'm not doing that. I can't, I can't do it. Maybe it's a health challenge, right? Maybe it's financial. Maybe it has to do with your son or your daughter is not just walking away from Jesus, but he's, they're running away from Jesus. I just need to remind somebody here tonight. And I think this word is for someone or more than one that Jesus Christ is with you. The Holy Spirit empowers you. You were born for this. You were born to get through this. You were born to get through this. So I've got some time left. So with the time that I have remaining, I'm gonna read you out of the book of Acts. The book of Acts. So if you guys can go there quickly. Pastor bro, you might be asking, you might be saying, I get what you're saying. I was born for this. I'm pumped up after that dumb story. I'm ready to, do, I can do anything. <laughs> you were born for this. How do you handle the heat better though? How do you handle the heat better in this life? Because I do think that sometimes we feel like, hey, when I was first born again and I first accepted Jesus Christ, I thought, just got saved. Everything is going to be all good. Follow. I'm a follower of Jesus. But then things started happening. I'm like, why is all this bad stuff happening to me? What's going on? So, there is a moment that I had to realize. I had to come to this realization that Wait a second, I tell myself, wait a second, wait a second. Think about this. If there's an absence of adversity in your life, you gotta wonder, there might be an absence of progress as well. Think about sports, think about football. Think about the two best football teams that played in the Super Bowl. Did they not have adversity throughout the whole season? Yeah, they every weekend was an adverse. They had an opponent that was trying to stop them from reaching their goal without adversity. How do you. So Jesus didn't just promise that everything. Hey, there's not life's not going to throw anything at you. That wasn't his promise. What he promised was that he would never leave you, nor forsake you, that he would always be there, that he would send a helper, the Holy Spirit, to be there with you, to help you get through it. So how do we handle the heat better? This story right now that we're about to read here is a chunk of what is a fantastic passage by a guy named Paul. The Apostle Paul. Paul's a prisoner on a ship at this point, and he's facing imminent death. So we're going to pick up the story here in the middle of the heat. We're in Texas, and it gets hot during the summertime. It is the middle of the heat in the middle of the fight. So keep in mind, when we read this story, I would have already given up after the first scripture, the first sentence. But Paul doesn't do that. Paul has the wherewithal to take part in what is one of the most powerful accounts in this Bible. One of them. So here we go. You ready? With our appetite for both food and life long gone, Paul took his place in our midst and said, friends, you really should have listened to me back in Crete. We could have avoided all this trouble and trial, but there's no need to dwell on it now, on that now. Guys, when some, you know, some things have gone wrong, don't dwell on it anymore. You're going to stand, uh, last, uh, let me go back here. From now on, there things are looking up. Man, that's positive. I can assure you that, There'll not be a single drowning among us. Although, I can't say as much for the ship. The ship itself is doomed. Last night, God's angel stood at my side, an angel of this God I serve, saying to me, "Don't give up." Let me just pause. Some but God is telling somebody here tonight, "Don't give up." That is a word from heaven for you guys. Don't give up. You were born for this. You're gonna stand before Caesar yet, and everyone sailing with you is also going to make it. So dear friends, take heart. I believe God will do exactly what he told me, but we're going to shipwreck on some island or other. On the 14th night, adrift somewhere on the Adriatic Sea at about midnight, the sailors sensed that we were approaching land. Sounding, they measured a depth of 120 feet. And shortly after that, ninety feet. Afraid that we were about to run aground, they threw out four anchors and prayed for daylight. Some of the sailors tried to jump ship. They let down. Okay, here's. Let me pause. Okay, take you. You want to take an an inventory of who's in your boat. What friends do you have in your boat? Are they the kind of friends that? You know, are they in the limo with you when everything's going good or are they going to stay in the limo with you when the limo breaks down, you got to walk to the bus stop. (laughs) Some of the sailors tried to jump ship. They let down the lifeboat pretending that they were going to set out more anchors from the 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 bow. Paul saw through their guise and told the centurion and his soldiers, if these sailors don't stay with the ship, we're all going down. So the soldiers cut the lines to the lifeboat and let it drift off. With dawn about to break, Paul called everyone together and proposed breakfast. We all, when something goes wrong, we all come together and eat. Yes. Let's go eat. Yeah. This is the 14th day we've gone without food. None of us have felt like eating, but I urge you to eat something now. You'll need strength for the rescue ahead. You're going to come out of this without even a scratch. He broke the bread, gave thanks to God, passed it around, and they all ate heartily, 276 of us. All told, with the meal finished and everyone full, the ship was further lightened by dumping the grain overboard. Finally, the soldiers decided to kill the prisoners so none could escape by swimming, but the centurion, determined to save Paul, stopped them. He gave orders for anyone who could swim to dive and go for it, and for the rest to grab a plank. Everyone made it to shore safely. Now, for all of those who are ADD, And I lost you just then. Let me bring you back. And let me summarize a little bit. You have a guy, the Apostle Paul, that is absolutely on the doomed ship. Horrible trial, right? Come on, that's a horrible test. But he had the wherewithal to call on Jesus. To keep his vision. Keep his faith. And to keep his strength. And you know what? What's even, what's really cool is that a whole lot of other people that probably would have gone down without him being in the boat had new life. Yeah. Because of him and his faith. Going through a season that is heat season. So from this little story and for with the time that I have left, I'm going to give you three easy, simple Ways to help you handle the heat a little bit better. When you have a big, anybody have a big vision for 2015? You got to start small. If you look at the big picture, sometimes that can be a little bit overwhelming. You can start small. (laughs) Here's my first point, guys. Number one. This will help you. See it coming so you never end up running. See it coming so you never end up running. What I love about reading what Paul did that it it feels like he's always like two steps ahead. He's always ahead of the game. Right? He knew what the world was going to throw at him. And you know what? Honestly, I act this way sometimes. I, I even tell myself, why do I act like this? Why do I act like Jesus didn't tell me that in life I'm going to have problems. Right. I read it. I read it. And every time I go through something, I'm like, why, Jesus? Why am I surprised? Why is anyone surprised? When trials come our way, why do we get shocked? What? Here, let me, let me let you in a little bit of my passion. We are endeavoring to raise up a generation and treat kids. We partner with families and we Show them who Jesus is and we disciple them so that we can raise up a generation that when the worst of the worst comes at them, the best of the best rises up and comes out of them. And so it's the same with you. When the worst of the worst comes at you, the best of the best. That's best when you're on your A game. That is... You know, someone pulled me aside a long time ago and I always want, this is a message that reminds me of when I first got saved. And when I first got saved, like I said, right away, like the next day, things started happening to me that were bad. (laughs) And and I got to a point where like, you know what, I'm not going to deal with this. Why? I mean, why do I need to, I don't need to deal with this kind of stuff. And I uh, had an older gentleman that had been around the block a few times that mentored me and told me and said, hey, look, man, I got to pull you aside. He reminds me of you, Rob. He pull pulled me aside and said, hey, look, this thing is a journey. You got to give Jesus at least as much time as you gave the nightclubs. You've only given them a few months. You were, you were hitting the clubs for years, right? I know your story, and I was like, yeah, what do I say? I'm like, yeah, that made sense to me. That spoke to me. So you got to, I had to give him some time. Go through a little bit of heat. Stuff was coming at you. You got to know what's coming so that you don't start running. So you don't start running. So how do you do it? Here's a quick one. Give Jesus the first 15. Give him the first 15 of your day. Real simple. What do I mean by that? Give him the first 15. Can you imagine waking up? Given we just came out of 21 days in prayer passing, we gave him the first hour, right? Give him the first fifteen. Wake up. Go to the throne room. Go to your heavenly father. Go to Jesus, the Son of God, and let the Holy Spirit lift your head up before the world does. Yeah. Right? Fifteen minutes a day will change everything. And I think that's why Paul was so successful. He's ahead of the game. If we were born for this, trust me. God has somebody f- that He wants to put in your life. He's going to put in your path that you're going to be leading yeah. through a situation. He's going to put you in a. He's got you in your marriage that you need to stand strong in. He's he's going to have you in an office, not just to be in an office to you know just to kind of survive there, but to thrive there. Yeah. I've got to see it coming. You got to see it coming, you're going to come face to face with opposition. But when you do don't run because you know that God's with you, God's with you. Number two, you got to see it through. You got to see it through because you have no idea what God is going to do. Now, I don't, I'm not trying to be rhyme. I'm not trying to be rhyming or anything like that. It's just come, it, come, it came out that way. You got to see it through because you have no idea what God is going to do. Could you imagine if you were, if, if, if Paul had just given up, forget it. I'm jumping out the boat and then he'd be gone. And then all of the rest of them would be perished as well. He kept seeing it it through. You need to keep seeing it through. When he was a prisoner, I would have given up right there. (laughs) He saw it through when he had no food. He saw it through. When the ship wrecked and they had to all figure out how to surf, he saw it through. So I came to tell you guys, only a couple people, that you need to see it through. If you're in the middle of a hot season and you're in the middle of a test or a trial that you did not plan for and you're tempted to run away, back up, stop, quit, see it through. Now, I know, I know of a story um, of a family that I know, a young mom that saw it through. And I asked if I could share it. I'm not going to give any names. And you all might know who this person is if, you know, I start giving you facts and things like that. But that's okay. She was okay with that because she, she saw it through. And there, there's a reason. I'm, this is where I'm, something where I'm going with this. But she had a little, little, little child that experienced a very deep tragedy. And she was told me when I was asking her today, because I thought about her when I was formulating this message, she came right away in my head and I thought, man, I got to talk to her because I want to know what, what, cause sometimes, you know, you've been, you know, you're only working, you kind of think about your own stuff, but I wanted to get into a glimpse into her life a little bit into her head and what she was thinking during this thing, this whole, this whole trial that she was going through. And she said when it happened, her little one was hurt really badly, three year old. But when she was going through this, she said, man, my faith was not, I was not strong in my faith at that time. Sometimes all you can do when you don't know or you're not strong, all you can do is hang on by a thin thread of faith that Jesus is not not letting you go, that he's there for you. And I believe that she, she, she held on to that much. And then guess what happened? Lots of other people started coming in and loving on her. That's what I'm talking, life groups. Don't do life by yourself. People need people. God made us that way. And so she got people from the church and from others that that just started to love on her, and pray for her, encourage her, help her. Because the doctors told her that it was impossible for this little one to survive. Survive even walking around. She would just be laid in bed and know, know anything, right? But miracle after miracle began to happen where she began to get up and she began to talk and move. And she, you know, for they, they, they didn't give her very long. And so she began to see it through. Maybe she didn't see it coming a lot of times, maybe we don't, but she saw it through. Let me finish that story later. I don't know what the future holds, but I do know who holds it. I keep staring at you, and I'm not doing it on purpose, Cody. So, as Christians, you got a right, you have the right to understand that you can call on the Son of God to help you. You can call on Him at any time to. Help heal you. You can't predict the future. And in, in our own strength and our own power, we can't heal anyone, but the power of God flows through us. If we just step out in faith and just love people. Pray. So here's 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 a little bonus point. All right. If you want to write this down, write it down. If you if you don't, that's okay. The trial, and this is this is where I'm going with this story the trial that you're going through is not necessarily just about you. It's about the people that need to walk through you to get through their next part of this journey. So if you stop in your tracks, if you stop in the middle of the heat season, in the middle of your trial you're gonna miss out on something. Not only are you gonna miss out on something, but the people that you are going to help lead, the people that you're gonna share your victory with, that is going to help them through that season in their life that they are going through, that you already went through, the power of God is gonna work through you to help that person persevere. If Paul would have just quit. Remember we talked about that earlier. The people in the boat were. They were blessed to be in the boat with him. They had new life because of his faith. Because of his vision. So. Acts 28. Number three. You got to shake it off. So you can keep on yelling, bring it on. You gotta shake it off. Everybody do that, No, I'm just kidding. You gotta shake it off so that you can keep on yelling, bring it on. If that sounds kind of crazy, you're in the middle of a trial and you're like, bring it on, bring it on. But I can guarantee you, and it, that's where your A-game comes in. Bring it on. I see it coming. I'm seeing it through. I'm shaking it off, bring it on. But here we go. So here's the story, let me finish it out. You thought that that was good, was that not good? That passage right there, was that not a good passage? That was, it could've stopped right there, but it doesn't stop there, it continues on. Let me finish it off for you. Here in uh, Acts 28, uh, verse one. Once everyone was accounted for, and we, realized, that we uh, realized we had all made it, we learned that we were on the island, island of Malta the natives went out of their way to be friendly to us. The day was rainy and cold. We were already soaked to the bone, but they built a huge bonfire and gathered us on the fire and, and gathered us around it. Paul pitched in Paul pitched in cause he's the super Christian. He can, he's just, man, no matter what's going on, he's, he's in the mix and he helped And he had gathered up a bundle of sticks, but when he put it on the fire, a venomous snake, anything worse would have been a venomous cat, (laughs) roused from its torpor by the heat, struck his hand. Have you ever had a snake jump on your hand? I don't know. How about you, Dave? No? I I would have imagined that probably you've maybe experienced that. No? Okay. All right. Darn it. Seeing the snake hanging from Paul's hand like that, the natives jumped to the conclusion that he was a murderer getting his just desserts. Paul shook the snake off into the fire. None of the worse for where, they kept expecting him to drop dead. But when it was obvious that he wasn't going to, they jumped to the conclusion that he was God. Come on, people! Come on, you was just a murder, you know, he was a no-good murderer, and now he's like a god. (laughs) All right, keep going. Word of the healing, and this is pretty cool. Word of that healing got around fast, and soon everyone on the island who was sick came and got healed. This is incredible. Imagine, you're Paul. You're on this cruise ship from hell, right? You made it. You're on the shore, you're on the beach, right? You you got this fire going, right? You're warmed up. Like man, it was that, was that was you know, that was great. Right on, you know, venomous snake jumps on your hand, right? Like, oh man, really, have you ever thought like, can I catch a break? Please. I've been there. Paul definitely could have been there. And he's there. He's warming himself by the fire. He's got this snake on him, right? Right here, Paul's faced with a decision that we're all faced with. If you're doing, okay, if you're doing what God's called you to do, you got to make some fires. There's going to be some fires that you make. The bigger the fire that you make, the more Jesus Christ can reflect off of you to others. Now, if you're not building any fires, you need to build them. The more you build the fires, the more the snakes are going to jump out at you. So now, if you kind of, if you, if, if you're walking down the street tomorrow, you know, and you're like, in, you're in the middle of the heat right now, just shake it off. You're with your friend, just shake it off, right? And if your friend kind of goes, "Whoa, man, don't don't worry about it. It's all good. I'm just shaking it off. I'm shaking that stuff off right now." Because the devil will try to come against you. He'll try to throw. He'll try to throw some venomous snakes at you, so they can he can he can grab onto you. And I'm t- some of, some of us have left those snakes on us for way too long. We got to shake off the snake, shake off the hurt, shake off the whatever it is. For me, I had to shake off the addiction. I had to shake off. All the crazy stuff that I was doing when I was younger, I had to shake it off. I couldn't. Here's the choice he was faced. Here's the venomous snake sucking on his hand. If he would have just sat there, he would have died. Don't just sit there. If you got stuff that's latched on to you for way too long, shake it off. Keep moving. Keep moving. Keep moving. Even if you've been abused in your, in your life. Even if you feel forsaken, God promises that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. Shake it off. Get the shakes. I'm not gonna dance. Get the shakes though. Shake it off. Shake it off. Jesus is calling us to say, hey, take heart. I have overcome the world. Everybody say this with me. See it coming. See it coming. What's next? See it through. Shake it off. Everybody say it together with me again. See it coming. See it through. through. Shake it off. off. One more time, one more time. See it coming. See see it through. through. Shake it off. off. All right, everybody say this together with me. I was born for this. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org.